guys i am so 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 excited um for this recording like i can't believe i actually have all you wonderful ladies here with me um this has been like a dream of mine for many 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 months now so i'm so 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 happy to have you all um so and for all you guys listening so welcome to our very first episode of i don't know how many um in this series of motherhood um so yeah i'm super excited because i have got three other lovely women uh joining me today and i'll just just hand over to you to just kind of introduce yourselves just tell something fun about you something that people maybe may not may not know and i'll start with you nancy because i saw you nancy <laughs> aka noble because i just saw your little reaction there i was like oh, i'll go with you first <laughs> please this elevator pitch is only reserved for interviews i don't know what's interesting about me but i am noble aka nancy aka what's my twitter handle noble tech that's me and i'm a mom to uh how old is he two going on three little boy who's our world um yeah i'm a geriatric mother as they say i'm sure we'll touch on on that we will <laughs> and yeah i don't know what's interesting about me mm. whereabouts in the world are you i am in the uk slap bang somewhere near london so lovely okay yeah. welcome welcome and over to you wengosi Hello everybody, my name is Wenkosi, depending on where you know me from. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> like I, I always say the name that people use tells you what era they know me from. So Wenkosi is more like now, okay. or Musa for those who know me from way back when. And yeah, at Wenkosi on Twitter, also known as Mazakela, I am a mother to a six-year-old girl. Uh, keeps me very busy mm -hmm. and I live in Maryland, Maryland. so like DC area yeah okay thank you and is there anything well I suppose like the whole <laughs> differences in the names the Musa people know me from a different era. those who know me from a different era will know me as Musa like how you know it'll be interesting to kind of know why that transition happened Think, like okay obviously from being at home you know you grew up being umusa and like i'm saying like the people who went to school with me at some point in primary school that know me by my middle name only and then go back to high school and i was like no that's you know that colonizer name it's cute or whatever but let me just stick to Vizolankas. i went back to that and then when i moved here after a while you know you're around different africans and then they're like oh, well, Musa is male, Musa is Muslim, Musa is this, Musa is that. Mm -hmm. And so people would see my name, Musa Wenkosi, and they're like, oh, so your name is Wenkosi, is Musa, your dad's name and stuff like that. So it, that's where it transitioned from, basically. There's not like a really big story there. No, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And last but not least, Kesha. Kesha. I, I know I always say your name wrong, like Kesha. <laughs> it's okay. all right. Because, yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a really difficult name to pronounce. I, yeah, I suppose it's difficult for people who are not used to it. And I suppose a lot of people are not used to it because I'm like when known by different names. So like <laughs> people who know me from primary school know me with a different name, um, kind of high school, so primary high school know me with a different name. My family and friends have another name. 
Hekla, I recently, well, not quite, it was maybe probably in the last sort of decade, I kind of picked it up and I was like, this is a name that I have hardly ever used mm -hmm. and I feel it needs to be utilized more. And not that I've dropped my other two names, they're still very active, but yeah, it's one that's kind of, um, I suppose if somebody knows me really well, they can find me on socials on like that name. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. And whereabouts in the world are you? So I am, I am in the UK. I'm just outside of London in a small little, cute little city, <laughs> in a cute little Roman city, um, just out of London very quiet um, city, but um, I suppose because I am what I consider myself to be kind of, um, not quite middle-aged, but yeah, I'm not a young mom, neither am I. <laughs> so kind of, yeah, and yeah. Um, I'm just at that, I, I suppose, stage of life where I've entered the over 40s. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm there, but then I kind of feel like as well with, I suppose with my personality, because I'm very introverted, but I find myself in a way sort of naive. Um, but yeah, under that naivety is a lot. Of... <laughs> it's, a lot it's a lot, it's a lot that will um, And Kesha, can you just um, tell us how old your, your, your babies are? So my babies are um, 16 turning 17 mm -hmm. and 10 turning 11. <laughs> Yeah, so they're not quite babies, babies they're not anymore, quite babies, but, but they'll, yeah, they'll, always, be they'll always be, yeah, they'll always be my babies. I hate being called that. So if they hear me, they'll be like, oh, mommy, don't. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how about you and Gose? I think, I don't think we touched on how old. Ooh. Oh, no, I have a six-year-old six year old girl. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She's my and content creator. Your content creator, we love, <laughs> love, love her too. Obviously, she's, she's, the, she's, she's like a little, she needs her own little social media. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. And you know, I mean, many of you guys will know that I, I recently became a mom after, gosh, twenty odd years. Um, so during that time, like during pregnancy, during, um, like in the very early few weeks, few months when new Lily was born. So I've got two, two, two kids. One's twenty. I have to think. What year are we in? Twenty-two. One's twenty-two, mm -hmm. and I have an eight month old. So she really just turned eight months yesterday. So the 27. Oh. But it was during the time when I was here, I was pregnant. And I was wondering, like, how do I, how do I navigate things like so pre pre pre, pre giving birth, for example, like there's a lot of things that mothers need to kind of, you know, getting your hospital bag ready, taking um, supplements, doing all these things. And even though I'm a second mother, so a second time around, I felt very alone in making some decisions or even asking some things. Like I, was, I felt sometimes I felt guilty. Like, how can I ask this question? Shouldn't I already know it? But I had my first child, I had Tamara when I was 17 and my mom literally came and she took over. I, I don't remember a lot of things. Um, but there's a lot of things that have occurred now that I wish I had paid more attention whilst, whilst um, Tamara was born, whilst my mom was looking after her. And it made me really seek out help. 
So those things that I was like, oh, what do I need to carry? Like when I'm going to hospital, like what do I need to do? Or if I'm feeling sick or I'm feeling nauseated, what's, what's the best thing for me? And I guess it was in those times when I was feeling a little bit lonely, a little bit vulnerable, didn't know who to ask, being a bit guilty because I'm like, can I, like people are going to look at me like, you are, you've, you've had a child before. How are you asking this question again? Like, you know, um, and I'll be seeking out, I'll be looking at TikToks, looking at like people's planning for the nurseries, planning for all these things. And I was like, what we need or what I needed was either I needed my mom or I needed just somebody to, to kind of really sit down and guide me through the, through the processes that were going through my head. Or I needed to listen to somebody from a similar background, someone who's maybe had similar experiences um, and just share my experiences and hopefully find common ground. And hence this idea came to mind of like, you know what, I should use Guidance Dad's podcast for this because there's a lot of wonderful women, wonderful mothers who have been through this journey already. So why not tap into this knowledge? So in a way we are kind of history taking, we're record keeping for future generations to come. And I guess I just want to hear from you guys, like, you know, just what, what is, what is, what has motherhood been like for you? Like, you know, what have you ever felt like where I'm, where I'm, I'm describing or articulating it, like this loneliness where you're like, do I have somebody to kind of um, reach out to, 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 to talk to about the way I'm feeling, maybe pre-pregnancy or after pregnancy, wherever it was, but what was it like for you guys? Like, I just want to hear from different, different experiences. Um, just anyone can just jump in. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I think for me, um, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, so I think I'm like, uh, like Novo, I'm a geriatric mom because I'm my daughter at 35. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, part of the journey is anticipated I think always having been around like kids um in the family and stuff like that you anticipate certain things but that pregnancy journey um for me I think I didn't give it too much focus I had a lot of things going on I was at school so right. it was kind of like oh my goodness such horrible timing mm -hmm. but the pregnancy overall, I'm not going to say was bad. And, you know, I probably feel more of the loneliness, or let me say I felt more of the loneliness after she was born than during pregnancy. So during pregnancy, I had a lot of things going. So like I was at school, I was in nursing school. So some of the things to expect, like um, I laugh about this because I had just finished my maternal newborn class. So right. yeah. I kind of had that part covered like kind of what to expect but it also made it scary because it's like some of the things you learn about in school in terms of like being an older mom all the birth issues you can have with your child down syndromes and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i'm like oh i was kind of overthinking from that angle yeah. but in terms of everything else i did tap into like my health insurance had a lot of uh, resources, like in terms of your pregnancy journey, just like preparing you like through the steps. I don't ever feel like there was an issue with that part. 
um, you know, my gynecologist was there through it all, but even just the overall insurance, the website, it's like they had a lot of resources and I really used that. And obviously with times where I felt like, okay, things are not okay. I reached out, you know, made a doctor's appointment or just uh, messaged my doctor. So I had that. On the other end, there's like, and and more like uh she's the matriarch and she's really like she would check in and things like that just I got unsolicited advice the good kind and the bad kind and from I have to say I appreciate because she's lived here for a long time so she's kind of like a bridge between our parents and where we want to be. So she's been, so, you know, she, she kind of knows what to expect or kind of knows how to approach things. So without being, what's the word, um, overbearing, yes. she would provide some of the information that I felt like I needed, whereas other people are like, oh, you're gonna do this. Like, no, I didn't ask you that. I don't need that kind of unsolicited advice. So a little bit of everything, you know, just, um I feel like that part was um pretty good so it sounds like you're saying that from even a medical health point of view so the insurance mm -hmm. kind of there was a step-by-step -step guide for yeah. you. so then every step like your first trimester you knew kind of what, what to, to expect, expect. You still could reach out to the medical like the health yes. when you wanted yeah which is quite different like for mm -hmm. us here in the UK, not quite different, but it sounds like you had a lot more support. And I wonder, Noble, if you can maybe share your experiences, because I know your little one was born like not so long ago, but what was, how did you find accessing healthcare like in, in the UK? What was your experience like of, of motherhood? Um, I think the prenatal journey, I should say was quite good from kind of when I took the pregnancy test, found out I was pregnant. I rang up, had an appointment with my GP. Mm -hmm. um, even before he said, congratulations, he's like, what would you like to do? Would you like to continue with the pregnancy or do you want to terminate? And which I thought was so thoughtful of him because say I wanted to terminate, then what him saying congratulations prematurely could have totally been so off. Yeah. But I wanted to keep the baby um, because it's something that we had talked about and I had kind of accessed other specialist services prior to getting pregnant um, via my GP. Okay. And um, I had the best midwife. She was African, Ghanaian. So kind of, I think that helped in the sense that she was a constant from my first appointment to after I had Uinala. Um, so I just only had one midwife and she was quite understanding, quite open, very, um, if you have any questions, please ask kind of thing. And she used to check up on me. So from a medical perspective, I had good support. And then from a personal and family perspective, I actually kept the pregnancy quiet. Um, I'm kind of one of those, I don't know where my old schoolness comes in, but I'm like, yeah, when they see you kind of thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's silly, actually, <laughs> considering how big my bump was. Um, massive. <laughs> massive. 
But yeah, I had support from my mom. And I think that's kind of who I kept it to my mom and a close circle of friends. Um, and that's who were my support system. I kind of felt like if you had negative energy, I shut you out quickly. I had no time for that at yeah. all. Yeah. But overall, the journey was, I think, amazing. I had someone by my side, my husband, and we're both excited for it. Whatever I wanted, he kind of went along with it. Like, yeah, whatever you want. I'm like, but the baby. And he'd be like, okay, okay. So even things like maternity shoot, he started rolling his eyes initially, but eventually he was on board because he saw that it made me happy. So things like that um, really made the journey quite pleasurable. Okay. Yeah. And sorry, the geriatric bit. I was 38, 38 when I had him, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think that is something that we, like I was. <laughs> say it, say it. No, but if I say it, then, you know, I, you know, I always dig, have a dig with Natasha. I'm going to hold that information. No, I'm kidding. I was also, I was 38, going on 39. I was 39, actually, 39. Yeah, anyway. Moving on very swiftly. And how about you, Kesha? Like, how was your, what was your experience um, so, uh, accessing healthcare and just the, the, the journey itself into motherhood? So for me, because um, I've, I've, so I've had two different experiences because I've had both my kids in different countries. I had my little one here and I had my firstborn in South Africa. Okay. Um, yes, I got varied experiences from the whole thing yeah. um initially like when, when I found out I was pregnant honestly it was like a joke mm -hmm. because I didn't ex I didn't think I was pregnant and what? I was just like oh it's something in the water whatever yeah. and I escorted my sister to see the doctor and he's like oh I think you're pregnant I was like I'm not pregnant he's <laughs> like let me test you I was like the test came back positive I was like sorry <laughs> they said to me would you last year would you last have your cycle I was like I don't know maybe just before Christmas or something and yeah oh, so and what where were we now like in September <laughs> yeah so I was like by the time he discovered guys I was already my I was going into my second trimester but I wasn't oh, showing oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. so you had no, 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 no symptoms, nothing. You were just there, just vibes. It was all vibes. The wow. thing for me was, um, and still this didn't even kind of like sort of trigger something in me, like find out. Mm -hmm. I, I have this, naturally I'm a person with a sweet tooth. So I was yeah. not eating stuff like, um, cause I was, I was doing night shifts. I was working in a call center and working at night. So I was eating stuff like crackers and yogurt or, you know, stuff like that, which is just weird combinations. And I was like, oh, this is nice. One of my colleagues was like, I think you're pregnant. I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Me. Till I found out. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just, it was really strange. Cause at that time I was staying with my siblings. So they had moved from Zim to South Africa parents were both here in the UK so you know what the set wow. <laughs> I'm the first born wow looking after the little ones and then I'm pregnant I'm like oh my oh my goodness your parents must have been like yeah that wasn't like super like you know you're you're the responsible person 
you're the one looking after your siblings and then you you bring in another child oh uh-huh. it was because I found out I'm sort of just before my birthday and my mom was like oh I'm coming to visit for Easter I was like yeah I'm pregnant now you know now reality is set in mm-hmm. and I'm like um it was weird because at that time I was 27 okay. and it you know you still have that um I was like, so I had to, I, I remember telling one of my cousins, my cousin told my mom, my mom called me and she was like, oh, I'm landing in two days, we shall discuss this. <laughs> Welcome home, mom. Yeah. You know, so the thing is, like, when she landed, it was not just only me, it was my young sister, it was also both pregnant at the same time, so it was a double whammy for her, oh, double whammy on our part, mm-hmm. um, but, like, she was quite, she was, um, like, you know, she was very, at first she was shouting, and then she, she calmed down, and she was really supported, uh, supportive afterwards, and she's kind of like, when she came back, when she came, and she was like, so what do you want to do, are you going ahead with this and this and that and I was like yes I am because actually my cousin had said to me oh you can have an abortion and just forget about it and I was like I don't want to do this because firstly it's against everything I live for and maybe if I do this I might not be able to have other children you know who knows what could happen so I had kind of made the choice that this is what I wanted to do I was like regardless whether his dad or whether the dad's going to be there with me or not I'm taking this journey um so she was like okay fine that is it but like the thing is when she came she wanted me to come back with her but I was too advanced at that time to travel I couldn't travel I just sort of when she arrived I had just passed the the kind of time that I could fly over so yeah she was like okay I'm just going to support you from you know Okay. like whatever you need so basically like my sister and I she was there for us even though she was halfway across the world and yeah. it was really weird for us because this is a goalie and we've got like family at goalie and in Lesotho but because we're not so so close my mom was the one who was kind of saying okay you guys need to get this you guys need to do this yes. um also I used to read a lot of like living and loving magazines yeah 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 I remember. so those took me through <laughs> <laughs> the journey of like what to expect and that yeah. kind of a thing yeah. and um I used to go for my appointment like I remember going to register at the clinic didn't even I went once and the next time they saw me I was coming to deliver because wow. I had a I had a guy as well that I would go see like intimate like my pregnancy first time around was like a walk in the park. I had no complications, nothing. I remember seeing my gynae, I think twice, only because I had spotting. Um, and he just did a scan and he was like, no, you're fine. Um, and then the second time I went to see him, I was actually in labor. And he was like, you're laboring and you can't go to the hospital you wanted to deliver to. So you need to go to the clinic down the road. I'll give you a letter. And like, yeah, I had my baby like, within two hours after wow. I'd seen him. It was wow. really, 
quick. Like I, I wanted to kind of go into uh, delivery and labor, but at a, probably at a bit of a later time. And how about yeah. your experiences of um, comparing that to your second born, so that Zachariah? So when, what was, what were the main differences? Like as I'm assuming now your parent, your parents were closer, your mom was closer. How was yes. that for you? Yeah, so now my parents were closer, but they were still like halfway across the, the, right. the country because I was up north at that time when mm-hmm. I had him and it was a very stressful pregnancy really very stressful because I was um and applied to go into uni and then I was, I was like okay I'm going into uni and now I'm pregnant and I, again we had planned that we're going to, so this is a weird thing because we kind of planned that we're going to get pregnant the year mm-hmm. after um because my ex-husband needed a year to get clear before we could get pregnant and then it just happened immediately and um so it happened quite quickly and I was still like very nonchalant about the whole thing until one day I was at work and then I just had this horrible bout of nausea and I was like why do I have nausea (laughs) so it's just like it just feels like it's just caught me unawares and I'm like so I'm ringing my mom and I'm like, I've got nausea and I'm on my break. But anyway, I've got half the day, so I'm not really bothered. And then she's like, when did you last have your period, my child? I was like, I don't know. I, I know I had it, but then I can't remember. She's like, I think you should get a pregnancy test on your way home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, got pregnancy tests and they came out. Um, yeah. Okay. Positive. So, But the whole, I think this time around in terms of, care like mm-hmm. there was a whole lot of care and quite supportive mm-hmm. as well um because of my health um yeah so I've got health issues I'm asthmatic I've got anemia so all of that came into play kind of on you regularly yeah so that's yeah. yeah and they were quite yeah. quick on the um you need to get the vitamins and they were doing the bloods and then got my iron levels up to a low so I was like on iron tablets but yeah the care was absolutely you know and the thing is if if you don't like if you don't come for appointments they'll be checking up on you whereas at home it's like okay you know yeah it's so it's 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 so interesting because like when I had um Tamara I, I had her in Zimbabwe and like I have no word of a lie. I obviously I wasn't planning on falling pregnant. It wasn't something I said. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a baby. No, it it, it happened. And um, I think you know from the time that um, my aunt, because I was living with my aunt at that time, found out to the time that I gave birth. I think there was literally again maybe a similar experience to you as well, Kethlana. It was just a very short period. You know, I I I, I did I I hid my 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 tummy. I was quite a, a big girl at that time anyway, so it was an, an easy thing. I don't know what I was expecting because you know people were like, you know, it's actually quite dangerous what you're doing. But my experiences then, like as I said earlier, I I apart from not, you know, I was told not, I did nothing, you know, my mom, like, then I went and lived with my mom, my mom literally looked after me, you know, I remember she was just like, just sit down, you know, chill, relax, we'll do everything, and then from the time, like, I even had, like, there was, I don't remember taking any vitamins, that's, that's for sure, I don't remember, I never, I don't think I had a scan, 
um, not, not I don't think I had a scan, I didn't have a scan um, at any point during um, my, my first pregnancy. And then comparing to the second time round, whereby it was right in the middle of freaking COVID. And, you know, and this is where I'm saying like the support, the, the appointments, some were virtual. Um, you know, you, I, I liked that going in to see somebody and like, you know, the times I'll be worried, like, oh gosh, like what's happening with the baby? Like, is there anything wrong with the baby? I wouldn't know because you'd have your scan, then it was like a, like your 20 week scan. Then it was a long period where you're waiting before you saw anybody because the mid the midwives were like at 38 weeks or whenever. So, and then it would be like a virtual appointment. So I really struggled with that. I really struggled in my mind that, you know, like what is going on? And I suppose the question, the geriatric, pregnancy question comes into play because you know you are at more risk of complications you're more risk of all these tests you know like all the, they test you all for these um like they screen for like down syndrome they screen for a thousand one other things which i never had done in zimbabwe but i just i didn't even have that knowledge so i didn't have to worry but then now you're here this information is widely available and they give it to you like at every appointment they'll remind you that oh you're an older mom, you know, we need to check these things. But um, that being said, like, I wanted to ask you guys as well, like, did you plan on being pregnant with your first babies? So those who got two. So did uh, you, so when was it, did you plan to have all one? You know what, like, even up to now, a lot of people don't believe that I didn't. So like I was saying, because I was in school and I would always say, yeah, next year when I'm done with school, I'm going to have a child. I didn't have a plan, but I was like, I'm going to have a child. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's a, a year earlier and here comes baby. So it was funny. I had, um, I had a plan to have a child. Well, I wanted to have a child, but I didn't really have a plan and it just happened. Okay. So you, the desire was there. The desire was there. And I had said, you know, I, I said after this year, which was supposed to be 2016, yes. I'm going to have this child somehow. And, okay. and were you with somebody at that time? It was a discussion. <laughs> no, I was not. I was not. And, uh, I had just broken up with somebody okay. um, who ended up being the father of the child anyway. But I would always say I had a friend of mine, like a really good friend of mine. No, no, no bestie situation, but just a friend. <laughs> and I would say, yeah. ah, you, know, <laughs> you know, and we would talk about it. We would joke about it with my friends. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then things didn't go according to plan. But yes, I desired to have a child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and how about you, Novel? Well, um, I'd been married for nine years at that point in time. And I think people were either scared to ask, are yeah. uh, you guys infertile or what? Because I'd have bit their heads off. It's none of their business, first of all. But we were quite happy um, just being the two of us. Just yeah. I know what people say, how can you be together that long and not feel the desire to have uh, a child who bonds you but we're happy together just the way we were um and yeah for nine years we were just happy being just the way we were and then I kind of was like listen time is ticking along I've got um, I've got fibroids which 
the doctor and the um, specialist had said, oh, maybe at some point they might need to be removed. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not a fan of operations like that. So let me see if I can get pregnant naturally. So um, I think I stopped my contraception in August of 2018. By January, I was pregnant naturally. And that was quite a surprise. Perfect but, being. <laughs> yeah, so the baby was planned for. We didn't know when he would come, but we were open and receptive to having a baby at that point in time. We felt as if we'd done what we wanted to do and yeah, bring it on. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Kesha? Um, so <laughs> the, the first second, one. You, <laughs> the you first really, one was you really planned. did your first one. How about your second? Yeah, my second one we had planned, um, but kind of like it was like for the year after. But I, I, I remember saying to him, it could happen at any time because we don't really know like sort of what happens. Because like I came off my contraceptives, I think it was December um, 2010 mm-hmm. and February 2011, I was pregnant which is yeah I was shocked I was like they told me six months <laughs> to a year what are they doing <laughs> so it was just like I kind of I just you know when it happened I was like maybe this is God's way who am I to question whatever and I did want it I did really want a, another child um and like because I'm always I, so the thing is because I come from a family of five kids (laughs) I've never wanted to have a big family but I always wanted to have an even number of children where because now I had one child I was like I want another one but then I was also I went through a phase where I was like I want to have twins and I knew and I was like if possible if I have twins I'm going to have another child so I have like four children I don't even know about the numbers thing how it happens but then that's that's where I am so like kind of yeah so I was like Lebo can't grow up by himself he needs to have a little sister brother and yeah he's ended up with a little brother she's <laughs> like it's, it's better it, 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 that, and that's and that's the way it is and how about you Ngozi do you are you keen on having a sibling for Owami? I really wanted to but now I'm just like there's no way there's no way like I I and this is very recently too. I was like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. The way life is lifing, the Jolo business and all that other stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm cool. And But I always wanted her to have a sip. Yeah, okay. No, dare I ask? <laughs> I won't bite your head off. <laughs> no, um, we do want a sibling for Inala, but kind of, you know, how you can have um, primary infertility, I think. And this is no doctor's diagnosis because waiting lists are so long to see a specialist and stuff like that. Um, I think somehow we're experiencing secondary infertility because it's just not happening. No matter how much we try and pinpoint the days or whatever, initially was stressing me out um, because I I breastfed for long, thinking maybe, okay, that could have been something which was stopping it. Then we kind of cut down on the breastfeeding um, so that it stops being a natural contraceptive as it were. And it's just not happened. So probably going to go... um, through the private healthcare systems versus the 
government-based uh, backed one because I'll be waiting forever. I had an appointment, I think, for October this year, which was given wow. to me last year in December, but it's been cancelled wow. already. So yeah, I'm on a waiting list, I'm sure, for two years' time. By that time, I'll be, what, 43? I just kind of want to do it now, if possible. But if not, that one is a blessing and we'll be thankful for him. Yeah. And do you think there is like a is there a time like you know you've mentioned that by that time it'd be 43 is there a time where you feel like you know after this time i'm not i'm not going to try or are you just gonna see how it goes probably just depending on my body but i think i don't think later than 44 i i will try we'll try kind of to push it along Mm-hmm. either go to a different country medical tourism mm-hmm. just do something because we we would really like that second child yeah. I listen and I know like I, I know we've had conversations I know that it's a desire for you and I I, I am hoping and praying that that's it happens for you when you want it you know that you get exactly what what you need um and one thing, so I asked you guys, like, you know, Kesla, I was asking you, you the names of your, of your kids, and there's something that comes across quite strongly in that you, the names that you've given your children have got meaning or are biblical. So can we just talk about that, a little bit about identity and a bit about cultural identity as well, like what that means for you um, for, and, 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 for, and for your kids as well? Yeah, no problem. So, like, for me... Um, I have three names, okay. English, Zulu, Sotu, because my dad is Zulu, my yeah. mom is Musotu. So I've got names from each of the, of my grandparents. So I initially, because I'm the firstborn, I'm named after my maternal grandmother. She is Elizabeth Jabulile. So she gave me Jabulile um, because I'm the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And yeah. They were all happy that okay, finally there's a yeah. grandchild. Um, and then Khetla is my Sutu name, but it's actually short, it's Lekhetla Yatana. So when I was born, I was very fragile. They didn't think I was going to like live to the age that I am now. Mm-hmm. So they gave me that name, which is Shao, which means fragile, really. Um and so like with our children, so my, with my siblings, it's the same thing. All of us have either one or the other, but we have a name from each of our grandparents. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so with How our children. How your children though? Like what, are, like your kids' names? Like Lebohang? Yeah, so Lebohang is Lebohang, um, Lemmy, Michael. So I named him Michael with his dad. Okay. Um, Lemmy is from his dad's side of the family and Lebohang is um, from my parents. So like he's, because he, um, also culturally, it's it's a really weird thing. Because <laughs> culturally, I belong to my maternal grandparents. Right. Okay. Um, so like, and their family, so basically anything to do with me people have to go to my uncles and my aunts on my mother's side of the family like my dad's side yeah they get involved but then it's more so I so that's the thing and then level is then he belongs to really my parents um so he's their child so my kids then um culturally are from like my second born (laughs) mine so 
Yeah. So, um, Zag. So, what does Lemmy mean? Lemmy, I'm not sure. It's a Zambian name. Okay. I, I honestly haven't know what it means. His okay. dad gave him that name. Okay. So yeah, he and he never really explained like well, what yeah. what's about. Yeah. So okay. um, well, that's yeah, good. I just yeah kind of don't have any clue to it. I tried to ask him, and he still couldn't really explain to me. Okay. But um, with Zach, what happened was when I was pregnant, his um, so my ex-husband was like, if we have a daughter, he's going to name the child. If we have a son, mm -hmm. I'm going to name the child. Okay. So like I knew I was having a son. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when he went for our scan, the 20 week scan, and thought, oh, do you want to know what you have? And I was like, I'm having a son. And they're like, you seem pretty confident. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and when they did it, it was like, oh, you're actually having a boy. I was like, I know, I told you. <laughs> so um Zach is actually named after my dad. He's got two of my dad's That's names. Cool. So his Zachariah Moses mm -hmm. and Gobano is his city name, which is uniting of two families. Oh, oh lovely. Yeah. Nice. And so, how did you went with Like, was it um, for you to... So, again, uh, so her name is Lindywe Owami. Mm -hmm. And... Again, along with the quote-unquote plan to have a child, I was like, oh, I'm going to have Owami. And that was always the nickname that we used. But for some reason, um, first of all, I didn't know what I was having. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to find out. Okay. And I just thought it was part of the fun. So mm -hmm. I waited. And so, you know, um, Owami was just a nickname that all my friends are like, oh, when Owami, da, 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 and it stuck. And I was like, oh, actually, I can't. Right before, probably before she was born, I remember making note, and I was like, it would be weird for that, for the child not to have that name. So that was said as a middle name. Mm -hmm. um, and then Lindy Way, it was like, um, a combination of things and you know my aunts are like oh we've been waiting for Mzugululo and things like that so why Elindiwe you know and then coincidentally that's also my sister's middle name so I was like okay I wanted to give her with meaning but also something that will most likely not be butchered although it still gets butchered but it's not as bad um, and I often talk about when I was growing up, um, one of Mamungane, she has one name and it's a Ndebele name. And she always was very big on names because she mm. traveled a lot and she's like, you know, she'd go to places and people are like, oh, how come you have one name? How come you don't have another name? And she was like, that one name is enough. Mm. And Amabizo Esiendu, you know, mm. she kind of like, without realizing it, she drilled it into me. So that was always something that was very important to me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's where that that came in and it was always important to me. Okay. Yeah. And Novo, Inalinati. Inalinati. Yes, which has been misspelled by even my mom. I was like, go, go, what's happening? <laughs> how, do they, how do they misspell it? Inalinati. How do they um, so... It's spelled I-N-A-L apostrophe I-N-A-T-H-I because obviously the linguistics of Esindebele, you can't have um, vowels after each other. You kind of have to drop one and have an apostrophe. So inala inati. 
as in abundant harvest has been realized he was our harvest after all those years mm-hmm. um so i named him that um i had the name i said to his dad i didn't want to find out what we're having but regardless it would have been um a unisex name i think it would have fitted well mm-hmm. um so yeah i was i'm giving that name it's like no one's ever heard of that name before Where's is it a Ndebele name? I'm like, I don't know, Zulu Ndebele Kosa, because the dad is Kosa. Um, and it fits, but we have trouble, even from grandparents in South Africa, family in South Africa, they mispronounce the name. It's like a tongue twister, which I think is strange because there's no clicks. Um, and then it's got a middle name. As I said to you, that you can give the middle name, um, but make sure it's an African name. And then he went ahead and gave his dad's name, which is an English name. I didn't even have fight in me because I was so tired. I was like, yeah. What, what is his middle name? Like, I, I don't think I even knew that. It's such a granddad name. <laughs> like that. Such a granddad name. <laughs> which when, <laughs> when people say it, Alfred, I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, call, call him Alfie. But that's not bad. You know, I, I, it's not like, too bad. Audacity, you know. Yes, it's Alfred. It's so they're like Alfred. Yeah, no, 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 no. So <laughs> Alfie, Alfie. So I've drilled it in him. What's your name? Inala Alfie. Okay, Nala. That's how we like it. I I wonder as well, like guys, like so my. My my oldest is Tamara Nombilo, and you know she just she, she really she's like oh Nombilo she wants to change it to Natasha she's still at that age, um, or change it to to Natalie or something, and I'm like you know that name um, it, it, meaning of it like more life like mother of life you know, and I feel like she has brought such life to me like I can't always tell her that but you know it it falls it falls in the way wayside. And Uliana is like, rain, it's just rain, raining abundantly, you know, it's just the, the blessings that come after, um, I guess, abundant harvests, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it was important to me that as, as an, as a, as, 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 as a Ndebele person that she has a Ndebele name, Uliana and Tamara as well. It was very, very important to me. But I'm just curious, like, were you worried about, you know, you mentioned it, uh, when go see about the butchering of 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 names like you know at least Linda is something that is you know very you, you have um yeah no Lind, Lindy's is quite it's almost very like can be like Linda you know mm-hmm. so it's quite easy oh I mean is can I suppose that's easy as well but were you, did you ever worry about um you know like what that means when they're in playground and people like what does it wow me mean yeah the thing is i'm trying now um to teach her to always correct people mm-hmm. um like i said with the, of all the names i thought about i felt like that was the simplest mm. you know and of course you still get people saying lindy Wee and things like that and i've had other things that i'm just like you know what that's just ignorant because it's mm-hmm. lack of effort but I tell her, don't let people mispronounce your name. There wasn't a teacher, I think she was subbing for a while. Isn't those, I'm gonna come with the misspelling with the W-I at the end. And I was like, that's disrespectful. So I teach, I'm like, no, don't 
be okay with people saying your name wrong because once they say it like that, it's not your name, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, there's always that concern. And another thing I noticed, like back in the days with my old job, my supervisor, like he was so bad with names, like he didn't try. He would just like kind of skim over and just say something. And I'm like, I see this every day. So you can imagine what's happening with Umdwana when she's not here. So I try to, you know, teach her the importance of don't let people say your name wrong and don't be afraid to correct them. Okay. Inali Nati, does he get called Freddy at school? Oh, hell no. I would literally have a fit. They would chuck me out of the school gates and security. Um, but, you know, when we've gone to hospital, when he's been pulling and, and stuff like that, you get the nurses saying, Alfred, and because it's not a name which we use, I'm zoned out thinking, who are they calling? <laughs> like, who is this child? <laughs> oh, we thought it was his first name. I'm like, no, it's not his first name. But at school, he's Inala, I-N-A-L-A. And that's how there's no shorting it, shortening mm. it to Nala, N-A-L-A, because that's kind of from the Lion King, people doing mm. their cats and dogs that. And I don't want my child to be associated with kind of mm. tomfoolery like that. So I'm very insistent that it's in Nala. They spell it correctly and we're going to continue that way. He himself knows we kind of drill it in him. What's your name? He'll say it, the full name and mispronounce it and we correct him as well as middle name and last name. So he knows who he is. Mm, mm, mm. No, that's the, it, it, I think it's very, very important. Like I noticed that as well, like when I've been taking Uliana to um, like hospital appointments. So Uliana is Liana Amara. And they completely for, put Uliana to the side and like, Amara. And I'm just sitting there like, who's, are they calling Tamara? I mean, what is going on? I'm just like, anyway. But, um, and also just to, just to, to kind of really hone in on um, uh, us as mothers as well. Like, you know, I'm curious to know, like, what else are you guys juggling? You know, besides being a mom, like, you know, um, what what are you doing what are you and how are you how are you doing it like honestly I have just gone back to work I'm going back to work part-time and I literally I take my hat off to absolutely everybody to every woman who is working and looking after children because wow it is exhausting it is a lot how are you guys doing it and share some tips you know share some tips for a, a, a new mom quote unquote so um, I'll go first. Go <laughs> I I'm a part time mom. Mm -hmm. So um, luckily, you you're a part time mom. I'm a part time mom. Okay. Like I'm a part time mom in the sense that I'm the mom who's there for consultation, parents' evenings, okay. um, playing clubs and whatever. I'm there. Yeah. Um, I am lucky. Fortunately, unfortunately that I, so I left up north, moved back down south, and I'm like, um, probably half an hour's walk away from my parents' place. So when I moved back down, when I relocated, I had no place to stay, so I moved in with my parents. And um, so my little ones have been here, they've literally grown up in their house. So when I got my place, they refused to move in with me, and they were like, oh, mom's house is too small. 
So we want to oh. stay with grandma and granddad. <laughs> and then they like they have their own rooms here. So me, when I come here, I need to ask, can I sleep in? <laughs> so they, yeah. Their space. Basically, I'm invading their space. And literally, I have shared um, contact custody with my parents. So I've got full custody of, of both my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, so I parent with my parents um basically so it's that's how I've managed other than that like honestly if anybody had to ask me like if my parents had to go back home what would I do I was going back home with them I would not survive <laughs> well send the kids with them yeah, yeah. Like, yeah because no, guys carry on <laughs> guys it's hard I did it so I did it when um my marriage fell apart. So my marriage fell apart due to domestic violence. And I had to leave home. And then I had to start parenting by myself. It was difficult. I was in my final year of uni and had two children. It, yeah, it, it was the worst. Like that year, I was supposed to have that, like, sort of repeated that year, my final year of uni. And I was like, I'm not coming back here. Mm-hmm. I just want to do this and just leave. So um, yeah, I did that year. After that year, packed my house up relocated because I was like I can't do this and my mom was coming like sort of every few months every kind of like every couple of months to come and spend like a week with me with the kids and then she'd go back um but I was just like I can't do this like this is so difficult and yeah so that's that's how it's been so I came back and then yeah like when I got my place then and so now I I'm back working full-time. I've changed jobs where I used to work in mental health and I've now moved into domestic violence services. Yes. And yeah, so that, that's the job that I've recently started doing. Maybe about, um, I started in December after I lost my brother. So when I lost my brother, I had I was in the middle of changing. Um, then I took a breakout and then started in December. So yeah, that's kind of where I am. Well, you know, kudos to you. I think being... Um, and I know you've openly spoken about your experiences of domestic abuse and being um, now working in that environment. Um, I think I, re- I take my hat off to you too as well. I think that is absolutely amazing. There's that em- empathy that you can give to these people who are suffering or experiencing that. So yeah, no, I, I, I salute you, you know. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for, for sharing that. How about you guys? How, how do you guys do it? How are you juggling Owami and work? Um... So I'm literally finally at a point where things balance. So I... Listen, that stresses me out because you tell me that it's going to take me six years. Yes. Well, no, because, you know, your situation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I mean, generally, because like I say, how the child came to being, it was literally me you have the other parent who drops in, yes, Katsa. So you, I don't have that reliable help mm-hmm. from that end. I was lucky because when she was five months old, my aunt came from Zim and she was helping me. Um, at the time, it also worked because I was working from home. So for the past five years, I've worked from home. Um, but it ended up being, it was convenient. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I finally said, oh, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go back to uh, my nursing job. And that meant working outside the house mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So I switched jobs last April. 
and that has been the most stressful time of my life because okay obviously my aunt was helping me until she was about three and then now I was kind of I was still home and then there was a pandemic it was fine we were both home so now when I decided to work outside of the home I was getting help like from her dad to get her back and forth to school. Yeah. Uh, one of my other friends, my aunt, but it was a lot because it's like trying to figure out, okay, Namusha, who's gonna drop yeah. her off, who's gonna pick her up. It was a lot. Um, so um, I, and when I went to the job last year, it was kind of like, oh, okay, the job is three days a week. It sounded nice, but those three mm-hmm. days were intense because I had to be at work between five and five thirty a.m. and then I wouldn't get back. I wouldn't get off work until maybe like five p.m. But the time varied depending on what time the last patient was done. So that was stressful. So even though I'm working three days, those three days were a lot. And but then at the time I interviewed for a different job, which basically had me working eight to five. Okay. So after waiting, these people finally called me back and I was like, you know what, a part of me, but this is the job that I wanted. So, uh, I took the job and it helped because I can drop her off at people yeah, camps yeah, yeah. and go mm-hmm. to work and then I pick her up and down. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm also very lucky because I think over time I've like tapped into my mom friends, you know, like being like, okay, you guys, you know, the kids can play this time then that way you have a bit of downtime mm-hmm. uh sometimes my other friends that don't have kids they're like oh we'll take her for it then I'm like I don't refuse like I've learned <laughs> when you do get that up because sometimes people don't have that so just being mm-hmm. able to be endlessly watch tv uninterrupted mm-hmm. you know just sit in silence mm-hmm. I really appreciate those moments yeah. definitely yeah, yeah. I guess my experience, um, I, I guess, depends where you work and also personal circumstances. I took a full year of maternity leave and that was the best thing ever because I spent time with the baby. He grew up. I put him into nursery just before he turned one when I was due to go back to work. And I'll take him just the mornings. Initially, it was the mornings because I was like, no, no. What if they mistreat my baby? I'll miss my baby and all of that. Yeah. So um, half days for the first year. And then only last year, September, did we switch to taking him to nursery full time. And he loves it. He enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do the drop-offs and the pickups. Uh, if he gets called, if I get called because he's poorly, I'm the one who goes to get him. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my previous job, I was working from home and they were quite understanding, but I kind of found it stressful because mm. it's one of those where when you come back from maternity, they think you've got mom brain and yeah. clashing mm. with my manager and whatever else. So anyway, I decided to leave last November. And when I was seeking out a new role, I made sure that it was fully remote. Mm. I was like, I am not compromising on that because if I am to work in an office, I get to work nine o'clock, half past nine, I'm packing up my bags to say oh, my son's ill. They don't understand that. No. 
and I, I get that it's a business it has to operate so I work fully remotely if it's poorly he's with me I don't even tell my manager or at times he'll wonder when I'm having a team's meeting and they're like oh he's at home I'm like yeah he's poorly and I'll just kind of switch back to the meeting as in this is not affecting my work for the day yeah. let's just get on with it um in terms of downtime luckily um me, uh, him and his dad and me are, uh, are together so that's someone who kind of is consistently there and mm. if I need some downtime it's like please do whatever you need to do last week go out the house <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can I'm not bad at you <laughs> last nah. weekend I spent time with the girls I was like you stay with your son whatever you want to do you do but I'm going out so there's that kind of balance unfortunately I haven't reached that stage like you and go see where I can let go and let him go to be taken by anyone just for a few hours or whatever maybe it's because he's still younger and I'll be more open to it but I just kind of feel as if it's either his dad or me that he's with if I take him to my parents who live in the same town as I do um, I kind of don't leave him there because I just feel as if he'll run them tired. I am sure he does. The <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> few hours there, it was just like oh, you can see it. So I think half a day, a full day. <laughs> it takes a while, though. I will say for me because I'd always be like, "Oh, is she gonna be okay? Is she gonna be this?" But then, like with some of my friends, they've been around since she was born. born yeah. So. You know, they'd come to visit, they'd come, obviously, because of the timing when she was born, I still had schoolwork to finish. They would come just to hold the baby while I do some work and stuff like that. I've had that support. And um, so she's grown and known these people. And surprisingly, I think because of just that familiarity she has with them, it helps me to be comfortable. I don't worry. Um I've been around her with those people, so it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, she's used to them. I've never had to get like a sitter. So the probably the most wow. foreign place I've had mm -hmm. to leave her is at school. So um, I didn't take her to, because I was home, I didn't take her to um, daycare. Uh, I put her in preschool when she was almost three. Mm. So at that point, why say Kuluma? So obviously, wow. you know, that also helped me to be a little bit comfortable so things have I mean sometimes we focus on all the things that are not going right but when you look at the things that have gone well and the flow of things I'm like wow you know we're here now and somehow things always find a way of working out so like even now I was like oh maybe I'll find a sitter once in a while you know but that hasn't happened yet and I don't know how I feel about it oh <laughs> Like, I feel there is, there's just so much, like, I feel we can go so many, there's so many caveats to this discussion and it's an ongoing conversation. Um, I think we will be talking and unpacking for time to come and it'll be really interesting. I'm hoping that we can get like even other people to bring in different like perspectives um, and things like that. But there's so much that we've spoken about today that I feel already there's it leads to so many other things but I'm also just very wary that you know we we are all mothers and you know I, we've got the children and others to look after 
But um, I think what I'd like to do at the end of each episode is just to take home message. Like, what would you want a younger you or a younger person who is maybe just starting out? Uh, maybe they're not even younger. Maybe they're just also a geriatric mother like us. Um, what would you want them? What What is one thing that you wish you knew before that you know now that you'd want them to know? start I will say I think this applies to parenting and just life in general speak mm -hmm. up speak to people talk to people like I know it's hard sometimes to open up to yeah. ask for help like I mean with me even the smallest thing like asking for help has been so hard but I, I feel like once you you're in a place with people and you have like dialogue you will find which people like, oh yeah, let me, I'm going through this. And you know, people mm -hmm. will offer their support, their help. And mm -hmm. you don't know unless you ask. I know we're always afraid of being told no, but I think sometimes you know who you're talking to yeah. and you get to that space where just talk to people. That person may not be able to help you, but they can tell you who can. And mm -hmm. it takes a load off. I'm not saying would you burden people with your issues, but you look at the situation and you will find Wuti, you will get comfortable and just talk to people, talk to the people closest to you. They may know something, they may know something. Mm. Okay, I think that's pretty good advice. And like I said, that is something that I struggled with. I remember Nobu was one of the first people I told and that I was pregnant because I was suffering from terrible sickness. I was like, what did you do? I was like, what, what, like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? So, but yes, I think that is really good advice. You do need um, a tribe of people and not being afraid to ask. I think that is something that held me back quite a bit is because you just almost feel like people be like, but do you know this? Or don't you have somebody else to ask? Or, or stuff like that. So I think that is really good advice, Wengosi. And how about mm -hmm. from you guys? Ketla, I'll start with you. Like what is... Um, so for me, I... So I agree with Wingosi as well on the whole asking for help. Mm -hmm. um, I also like the whole thing of tapping into other mom friends. Mm -hmm. So I have a mom friend. It's really, so our friendship is like, it's absolutely weird because my young brother and her young brother are friends. Okay. And then Lebo and her son are also friends. They're like really close. So we've inevitably become friends and she's the one person that I sort of know that I can call on if I need anything. But it's always that thing in Lokuzan. Why am I bothering her? Because she's a mother also. But it's every time when she finds out, and a lot of times she finds out through Lebu that maybe something's wrong with me or something. And she'll be like, but why didn't you say anything to me? And I'm like, I just don't like asking for help. You know, I, I, I can take care of this. She's like, no, but then, <laughs> you know she's like I know your mom is there but then your yeah. parents are there but you can't bother them I'm here you know what and is I, it? like what is it about is it a women thing that we struggle to ask for help like what is it like you know when see you that was the address that you gave like ask for yeah. help and yeah. if you're saying this, what is it it's Konoko Wuti, like like Hesha said, Wuti, like you're thinking Wuti, like she's the mom she has her own things but I think in being moms in most times we're in different spaces. Mm -hmm. So when uh, while you're dealing with that burden, you know, maybe, you know, the kids are away <laughs> or she has time free. You don't know unless you ask. But yes, we always yeah. have that guilt to go to, oh my gosh, 
since we are not Dubolwami, you know, I'm burdening her. I don't know what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that also something that people said, I see this a lot with people where they're like, we may not always think to do this, but when I think of reaching out to you, I'm like, hey, Goli, are you in a space to talk? Mm-hmm. Uh, normalize that before mm-hmm. just yeah. starting mm-hmm. to talk to people. So I think they, there are layers to it, but we can, I think consciously, get to a better place where we communicate without yeah. the guilt like if i say oh take oh yeah you're available and you either say yes or no and then i can proceed accordingly yeah. and not you know let me let you tell me but i know right now you know i'm not available i'm not in a good space oh yeah sure what's going on yeah mm-hmm. okay. no that's yeah. that's that's really good advice no think- oh sorry sorry Kesha, carry on <laughs> sorry sorry i think another thing um also that i've kind of learned is um like don't be guilty that you're a mom because outside of you being a mom you're a whole other individual (laughs) so it's that whole thing because I kind of that got drummed into me this week at work when I was like oh but then yeah I'm a parent but then I've got you know and they're like so apart from being a parent and being a working mother what else do you do my hobbies are all out the door now. And yeah. I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do with myself. And they're like, the kids are grown up. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but then, but it's also still keeping yourself intact yeah. as an individual yeah. and your other hats there. Like if I'm not being a mother, what am I, what do I like to do? Yeah. And tapping into all those things as well yeah. and not feeling guilty that you're doing them. Well, listen, next time we guys meet, that is that is one thing I really want to kind of hone in on about identity, you know, when you are not, um, sorry, that is, there's some cooking going on downstairs. I'm sure we'll see. But, um, there's some burning going on downstairs. Burning. Make sure your house is not on fire. Oh, but yeah, so I think that is uh, something that we'd like us to talk about, identity, not feeling guilty about doing tapping into other interests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know that is uh, a whole topic for 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 discussion. But Novo, what would you like? I know you're busy there with Nala. We can see him planting about in the background. But what would what is the one thing you would? What piece of advice would you give to a young or an older mom? Um, just starting out, like, what is one thing that you wish you knew now? That, that what is one thing that you know now that you wish you, you knew? To know your tribe. I guess it's um, said a lot. It sounds cliched, but actually it's so true. Know your tribe. Those are the people who will support you, your girlfriends. If they're your true friends, they won't ditch you because you're pregnant and you're going through the mothering journey and they're not. They'll be happy for you, support you and still recognize, as Ketla said, that you are that individual outside motherhood. They can still talk to you. You can still talk to them. And also being vulnerable to the right people, being open, honest, asking for help and support and just having a, a listening ear. At times you just want to vent. You don't want unsolicited advice because you know how to deal with the situation yeah. or you actually haven't got to that headspace of dealing with whatever it is but you just want to offload and say to someone and as Wengos said at times you just have to ask the person who you want to vent to are you able to right now to listen to me don't just kind of 
yeah. So I, I feel like I should ask that question like right at the very start now. Like, do you guys have capacity to record today? Yes. Like, <laughs> or like, or even as simple as, are you available? Because it kind yeah. of um, lets Umuntu know what I need to talk to you, but it's not something that can be like half in and out. And I think most of us receive it well. Um, so just like, hey, are you available? Do you have a moment? Or, you know, when you get a, I know when you say when you get a chance, can you reach out? Because people start thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? But I think asking, which are you available? Because it, it means not just to talk, but just to have that time. Yeah. The language is there. We just have to use it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. And just to end on a, on a fun note, I think it would be really interesting to know where your children were conceived. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. Yeah, do you remember the exact moment? Did you just go home and think, oh gosh, I'm gonna pregnant? I definitely not Milan or any fancy city. That's the no naming of a child called New York or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> at oh, home no. in our bed. Um, and yeah, funny enough, I think about two, three days after he was conceived, I knew. I kept saying to another friend, I'm pregnant. She thought I'd lost my marbles. Really? But I was like, something what? happened. What? Something I knew had what? happened. What was it about the the acts that made you feel like, gosh, this, this, this. <laughs> oh, I just, I just knew there was just something in me, which is like, oh my goodness, it's happened. And so when she's like, would you like some wine? I was like, no, cause I'm pregnant. And at that point in time, I probably was less than seven days pregnant. I hadn't wow. taken the test, but in my mind and my heart, I knew. Yeah. And that's amazing. at the end of the month, I just confirmed it. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I think for me, first first time around, I I, I remember us doing the deed. It was, for some reason, I thought I was overly emotional that day. And, yeah, I was just, like, I was really in my feelings. Yeah, it's just, like, and then I didn't have my cycle. But then, again, I had an irregular cycle, so I wasn't really bothered. Um, But then it was my weird weird I have a thing for cigars but I absolutely love the smell of cigars and I I, for some reason I couldn't smoke it and I was like okay but then um that kind of just sort of said I was like maybe I'm just tired from work but I was like I had a cigar that I got from my sister's ex that he had he was like oh this is good for you you're like New Year's come New Year's you can't smoke blah, blah, blah. and I was like I, for some reason I can't do this and I was just overly tired and I was like okay but then it just it just didn't click but also um I knew something was wrong when I always so I have this thing of cooking I cook and every time I cooked I couldn't eat the food I cooked mm-hmm. and I'd have to go to Levels dad's house to eat so I'd be like, have you guys cooked? And he'd be like, yes. So I'll go there and eat and then use the food that I cooked at home. And then it, then after I saw the doctor, then he clicked like, okay, go, you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, 
so where were your kids conceived like you know which city they went in you went on any exotic holiday it was definitely it was at home both occasions it was at home because even with Zach it was the same thing we had one night where it was just like yeah mind-blowing passionate sex and I was like through like what 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 are you doing today but like, <laughs> let me not ask questions and i had my cycle once didn't see it again and i was like mm, well you knew. don't think anything of it until the nausea hit and i was like it okay when it's okay fair enough it was fair definitely enough. a home run <laughs> <laughs> we hear you we hear you how about you and Kosi? where well, there's, was there's no from? exciting story there it's just uh i was at home uh and like I say, uh, the big part of it is like familiarity. That word is very, very dangerous. But it was like, this is, you know, we had not been together for a minute, hung around. Mm-hmm. It was around his birthday. Guys. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But then it's like, man, I'm like, I'm a very regular person. So I'm like, a day, two, I go back to the calendar. I'm like, yeah immediately too. so I didn't have like Hitler where you had that time where you didn't know I did not have that luxury yeah. I knew very early wow yeah wow I mean for me it not, not nothing exciting it leads um and I too remember like I like looking back I'm just like yeah I can pinpoint when that actually happened but I didn't know for uh, with Uliana I didn't know for a when did I find out probably like seven weeks eight weeks maybe because I was just like I just don't feel right um you know but I it was the last thing I was I was thinking of I'm not gonna lie it was like yeah. okay so I'm, I'm pregnant <laughs> anyway. see, in 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 having one of the things it just not just about having my child have a sibling it's like you want that do-over moment where you can be like, oh, yes, we went to ping and this, this happened. Like, it's a whole thing that's planned. But, yes. you know, but boring yeah. African women. Come on, that's so boring. No, it can't say. Yeah, no, 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 high, nothing. It's just, nothing, just, yeah. I was, I was thinking like, oh, maybe this time around it might be a bit, you know, but then I was like, do you know what? I'm going to make, go out and make my pregnancy journey the best journey that, because oh. the first time around I skimmed like a lot of things mm-hmm. and I did try and do that and I tried to enjoy it as much as I could, but then it was, yeah, there was just so much in my way. Like mm-hmm. guys, don't be students and go to uni. <laughs> Get pregnant. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. That's <laughs> that's because, yay uh, yeah it's tough it's, it's tough. tough i was like i remember the first time when when i found out i was like you know like how it is at home what now let's say so you can't go to school mm. and i'm like can i go to uni now that i'm pregnant he looked at me and he's like what are you talking about really but yeah and there i was there a whole pregnant woman in class attending lectures guys 
guys, there's, there's, there's so much to learn, so much to unpack. But um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. I'm also aware that there's the Champions League happening um, yeah. in the background. And so we just started. I don't know if you can hear the people in my background. There's, oh, no, we like, can't. It started already. It, I'm sitting and I'm facing the window. And each time I look up, I'm like, how many people are here? <laughs> but it's fairly loud. So I was wondering if you guys can hear that. No, no. But no, no, no. But no thank you so much, guys. I wonder if you can maybe just share your handles, like where people can find you. You know, maybe there's someone, a young woman, old woman who's just maybe pregnant and like, oh, I'm, I I relate to what Kesha was saying. Um, where where can people find you? So I am on Twitter. You my so my handle is Lichelezana, but it's also Shobiel Manube. Um, yeah, Instagram is Khetla EJ, I think. Yeah, but that's basically where you find me a lot. My Facebook is but I'm rarely ever on Facebook. So it's always Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Cool. Facebook nowadays. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> That's yeah. weird. And where can guys, where can people find you? Um, Wengosi? Uh, at Wengosi on Instagram and Twitter. Mostly Twitter. If you go on Instagram, you'll just be there to see my child. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's her account now. Creator. She's a creator. And Noble. On Instagram, it is Noble Tech. And Ins- no, no, not Instagram. Sorry, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter, Noble Tech. Instagram, it's private, kind of for family and friends. So I won't even bother sharing that because I decline okay. so many. Okay. No, and that's fair. We totally respect that. And I'm at <laughs> on Twitter. So guys, thank you so, so much. Um, we will be in touch. Like I said, I don't know when this will end, how this will end, but, but I see it going on for some time and I'm hoping that you'll continue to join me in the next few episodes that we have planned. Um, I think next time we'll be definitely tackling things like identity and maybe just even tackling just the what to pack in your hospital bag when you're going into when you pre pre labor and delivery, I think that is something that um, will be quite good to actually note down. So, if you're tuning in for for the next episode, that is what we'll be tackling. Um, so yeah, hope you tune in. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you, ladies. Colleen, thank you, ladies.